0: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, October 25th. Man, this week is kind of going by fast, isn't it? Like, I, I think because the game was on Monday, like, it's got this weird. I don't know. It's kind of thrown off my whole week, but I'm happy that it's going by fast because I think we all want to get to Sunday, get the bad taste of Monday night out of our mouths. Joining me to try to understand what went wrong in that game and how the 49ers can, you know, sort of course correct here is John Chapman and Wayne Breezy. How are you guys doing today, man?
0: Living the dream. And I know the results weren't what we wanted, but the 49ers still where they should be. Um, got it. Course correct, fix some issues, but you want those issues to come out now. So excited about the challenges ahead and with two of the best people that I've ever met. So I it's got to be a good day.
2: Great day, right? Because football's in a few days. And 49ers football's in a few days. And it's just time to be redeemed. I think I think we just need to figure out a way to squeak out a win. At this point, just win. The good news is they're at home jake moody doesn't miss at home i just wanted to put that out there because i know a lot of people are still 50 50 on moody it's cool i understand it but we're back at home hopefully the weapons will be locked and loaded brock purdy will be back to his normal self and the 49ers will get a win headed into the bye week where they can do some of that course correcting that john was talking about and some reflecting so i'm happy to be here excited to be with you too let's talk niners baby
1: Let's talk Niners, and I, I do appreciate the positivity, as does Big Des here in the comments. Um, we need some of that right now, right? But we are going to talk about the bad, but we're going to be real. Like we're 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 going to talk about what went wrong, but all what <laughs> about what went wrong? But we're also going to talk about like how the 49ers could get out of this rut that they kind of put themselves in in these last two games, right? And let's just start with the defense, right? That's the low-hanging fruit in these last two games, especially this past one where they gave up 452 yards of offense to the Vikings. The Vikings converted eight third downs, including on a cover zero blitz before the half. Look, the defensive success of this team is expected and has always been expected to run through the defensive line. It's why they've invested so much money into it, and yet they can't buy a sack most weeks. Couldn't even get one on Monday night, despite the group of guys that they have up front, and Kirk Cousins dropping back 45 times. And I also want to share... You know, some of these stats right now of the 49ers pass rush right now in 2023, they have a sack rate of 4.9%. That ranks 26th in the NFL. That's on pace to be the lowest of the Shanahan era. And they also have 15 sacks on the season, which ranks 18th in the NFL. That's on pace for 36. And that ranks or would be the third fewest since 2017. They have a pressure rate of 27.6, which is 22nd in the NFL on pace to be the lowest since Shanahan and Lynch arrived. Not great. And when you look at the guys that they have up front, there aren't many excuses you can make at all. Quite frankly, I don't care that Nick Bosa wasn't there like much of the offseason. No one else is even doing anything really. It's not just a Nick Bosa problem. It's a whole defensive line problem. And I think everyone is looking at, you know, Steve Wilkes because you know he's the defensive coordinator. He's the low-hanging fruit here. So what is Steve Wilkes doing that is so different, that isn't working? Like, is it the player's lack of effort? And, and John, like, I, I want to start with you here on this one because, like, I, I figure you probably watch more film than me and Wayne combined probably. But <laughs> So, like, what have you seen that's different from last year? Because I, I keep saying to myself, there's no way D'Amico Ryans would be having the pass rush looking like this with the same group of guys.
0: You, you know, what a lot of people are complaining about is the how much we're blitzing, right? And especially after Bosa's comments, and he's like, you know, we've always been a four-rush team, and that's changed a little bit. We only rushed nine times. Like, that's lower than the league average. The problem is, I feel like the rushes are telegraphed, and I could tell just from watching the game. up. Oh, We're doing this right here, and the teams can tell. And there's been four to five instances over the last three weeks where it's the quote-unquote perfect offensive play call against the blitz. And teams are just catching us with our hand in the cookie jar. It's not like we're blitzing all the time. So that's one. I feel like we got to disguise our blitzes a little bit more. And then two, we're stunting like madmen. You know, last year, our defensive line, they were doing TE stunts where the tackle shoots up first, the end loops around or ET stunt, which is the opposite. We're doing a lot of those last year with D'Amico, but now we're doing a lot of those on first and second down. So we're still bringing four at about the same clip as we did with D'Amico last year the effectiveness has dissipated completely and teams are slanting their offensive line play towards Nick Bosa. So if you run a stunt with Nick Bosa and you slant that way plays dead for Nick Bosa at the start, you got beat on the board. And so I think those are some of the concerns, not so much that we're blitzing so much that one play before the half. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but The guys are losing their one-on-ones. Drake Jackson has been absent from six consecutive games after an amazing week one. He's down to 15 snaps per game, and I hate to say it should be lower than that. Cleveland Farrell played 40 snaps this week. No clue why. And you get this new guy, Randy Gregory, that's playing really, really well. And what what happens? He got fewer snaps than he did last week. So the personnel changes, the stunt changes, that's what I want to see. But I'm just going to be honest. I don't think the defense really is to blame for back-to-back losses. Yeah, they were terrible this week, but I still think that they outplayed the offense. I know I'm getting a lot of flack for that, but you gave up zero points in the fourth quarter. So whatever it's been, but don't break time. Defense has showed up. Offense kind of left a little bit out there. Yeah, I agree with John. Like, I know
2: the defense looked bad on film, looked bad in real time when we were watching it. But when they were asked to do something, they went out there and forced the three and out. They forced the punt. They forced this. They forced that. So it's always going to be bender. Don't break. As far as the sacks, I've been trying to tell everybody and you two that we need to get sacks Mm -hmm. because I know the pressures are great. And I know, like, but for some reason, these offenses have shifted their game plan toward the 49ers. They're trying to neutralize sacks. And so whether whether they're slanting their offensive line, whether they're, you know, sliding protection, it doesn't matter. These quarterbacks and Steph, you know this better than anyone in the world, Craig, that these quarterbacks are getting the ball out really quickly. Like that's 49ers offense to the T. And now these other teams are just mastering it. And it's like it's crazy because it's like we can't even. T off the pressures are there they're hitting the quarterback they're getting there they're just not getting him down i think the mo the, the, the most frustrating one that we watched in this game that wasn't a sack that should have been a sack was when they literally had Kirk cousins crunched yeah. right. and they still couldn't get him down i can't blame that on steve wilkes and scheme that's players not executing yeah. and so i think a lot of it comes to execution and i'm sorry I know we don't want to blame Nick Bosa, that's fine. That's to each their own, but he's the cream of the crop. And I get it, they're trying to take him out, but if he's the cream of the crop, he's gonna to have to figure out another way. I'm watching other creams of the crops on other teams figure it out. I'm watching them f- change their game, change their stuff. They're doing, they're doing whatever they need to do to, to remain the cream of the crop. And Nick Bosa's a force, and we're paying him to be a force, and he has to figure out a different way because it's all about how he's going to counter what they're doing to him. Now, part of it can be scheme, a lot of it can be just Steve Wilkes. It's, but it's John Hit the net, it's not the blitz. And I didn't like Nick Bosa even saying that. I had an issue with him even pointing that out. Oh, yeah, like, you know, we're used to rushing four. Well, why can't you win when we, why, why are we not winning yeah. when we rush four? That's my question. And no, everybody's like beating around it. Like, that's we rush for, we still don't win. And John said it, Stephan. I know you're going to allude to this. We're not winning one on one.
1: And that's what's so weird to me because they've always been able to like win one on ones. At least one of these guys on any given play could win their one on ones. That's what opened things up for other guys. Wayne, you mentioned quarterbacks getting the ball out quickly. 2.71 seconds is what opposing quarterbacks are averaging against the 49ers' defense this season. That is 10th fastest in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, there is some of, like, offenses adjusting, but at the same time, like, to me, that's not even an excuse. There's always going to be offenses trying to adjust and trying to work around what you do on defense. That's literally their job. That's what game planning is. But, like, in the past, teams have had no answer For what the 49ers have done and why all of a sudden they're finding answers, right? Like, I think that's my concern. I'm not seeing enough like adjustments. Yes, we talked about the blitz. Let's, let's let's talk about the blitz really quickly because we're seeing that more out of this defense because rushing four is not working. It's not getting to the quarterback. When the Niners don't blitz, they have a pressure rate of 23.5. That's 23rd in the NFL. When they do blitz, it's 40.5. That's their pressure rate, which ranks 18th. So the blitz is helping, but I don't think we're really seeing like the amount of sacks coming out of it regardless. So, And I, I want to touch on this really quickly because since we're seeing more blitzes, I think as a result, we're seeing the secondary get exposed, for lack of a better word. Bingo. The secondary wasn't meant to be the backbone, to be the saving grace of this defense. It looks great when it's complemented by the 49ers pass rush, as we've seen in the past. But when you're blitzing and you're still not getting to the quarterback, I mean, your secondary is going to get carved up like duh. Of course there aren't enough guys to cover when you're blitzing and you're playing in zone most of the time. So there's always going to be space for wide receivers to work in and find and the quarterback to find them. So I don't really have the answers for this defense right now. I get why they're blitzing more, but I feel like that has also caused like this this effect on the secondary, and I'm not liking what we're seeing because they're not even getting off the field on third downs and whatnot.
2: Third and long, Yeah, because that
1: is something we just haven't seen from this defense before. So, like, how, how could Steve Wilkes counter – this defensive line not getting sacks without blitzing, like is is he capable of doing that? Is his defense capable of doing that without? Because uh, I don't want to see the secondary be put in jeopardy, like we're well,
0: seeing. So one of the biggest problems that you have when you blitz is, you know, and this is. Steve Wilkes was like this, but so was Sala and so was D'Amico. We are a blitz zone team. We're not a blitz man team. Now, whenever you do a zero blitz, like what we saw with the Jordan Addison touchdown, yeah, that was a man uh, concept, but we're one of the lowest blitz man teams in the NFL. Definitely bottom three. haven't refreshed my numbers. But when you blitz and you're in a zone defensive coverage concept, those zones get expanded and widened on fewer players. Now, obviously, that's why the separation is there. But more importantly, the 49ers, their entire MO is, we are an amazing tackling team. But whenever you do the blitz zone, or zone blitz is what it's called, like that's where your tackling angles are now blown out of proportion. And we're seeing guys run free. Hawkinson just abused the hell out of us. Um, And that's one of the issues that you got to just let your front four go like especially on third and long, force them to check down and rally, and we did not do that this game. And we got blitzed, got caught, you know, with the freaking screen game. We blitz, where linebackers are being, you know, over leveraged in the middle of the field. Safeties are being over leveraged. You just got to go back to fundamentals, and you're losing on the board, and that can be fixed. But again, fourth quarter made every adjustment that was necessary, and they looked better. And they looked way better. So it, it, not that it was a good game overall by the defense, because it wasn't. It really, really wasn't. It was a bad game. But whenever you're looking at what they've done in back-to-back weeks, the defense has given opportunities to the offense or special teams. And I think, you know, this week the offense dropped the ball. Last week, special teams dropped the ball. And you've got to play complimentary football and get all three phases of the game together in the fourth quarter to win close games. We haven't seen that. We haven't criticized Kyle Shanahan yet, but at some point I want to talk about his play calling because I think that played into a huge factor here.
1: (laughs) Oh, we will.
2: (laughs) Just re re talking about this game. Like it just, it just brings up the frustrations because I feel like, you know, weeks one through six, I mean, we were tested. Week six, we lost. We were tested again a little bit differently, almost a little bit, slightly different in week week six, I mean, week seven, and we lost again. But I just, I don't, we're talking about Steve Wilkes. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know him too well to where I feel confident enough to where he'll make the subtle changes, but at the end of the day, the players still have to go out there and execute. And I'm seeing way too many brain farts. I'm seeing shallow underneath coverages where the linebackers aren't deep enough in their depth and zones, and 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 things like that. So we're seeing brain farts, which I think John, you alluded to, like you're happy that is happening now because it's the learning experience. So hopefully later on, they'll grow from it. But man, like losing these last two games where they should have, I, I don't want to say dominated, they, we should have beaten these two teams, whether it was by three or by 33. Yep. And the only reason why we're, we lost this, these games is because the Niners defensively took too long to adjust. And I can't wait till we switch to the offense, because to me, that's the bigger issue.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this before you know we transition. You've got a super short week where you were on the road, and now you're going home and you have a bye week next week. Don't expect a bunch of changes no. for this Bengals game. It's a short week. Yeah. So it, it's going to be more of the same. The adjustments will have to come after this week. Yeah, some small tweaks can be made, you know, blitzing, <laughs> however much, whatever else that can be made. But any large-scale changes or trades, that's not happening this week. That's going to take place next week.
1: Yeah, I and and that's kind of the concern, right? I, it, it it bodes well that they made some adjustments towards the end of the game, the defense did. So maybe some of those we'll see uh going into this game against the Bengals, but overall and yeah, we're about to talk about the offense overall, you know, even on the offensive side, I don't know if we saw enough, right? So let's get into that. And by the way, before we get into that though, Mentioned the missed tackles, 19 missed tackles in the last two games from this team, from this defense, just unrecognizable. And so they gotta course correct on that for sure. And you know, hopefully we see that as soon as this week. Cause even that alone, like if they just fix that, that that would make a huge difference for the defense too. Um, but yeah, let's shift our focus to the offense, who was without Debo Samuel and Trent Williams in this game. Sidebar, quick sidebar. I thought Jalen Moore. Did an admirable job filling in for Trent. More so in pass protection. I think they still missed him, like, you know, running to the left. But I mean, no one's going to beat Trent, right? So right. good for Jalen Moore. But Brock Purdy is who I really want to talk about right now. On Monday night, he threw 272 yards on 21 of 30. completion percentage, like, that is good. That is way better than the 44% he had against the Browns. Um, His yards per attempt were back up as well. I believe it was, like, 9.1. He did bounce back in, in that regard. But it seems like people are wondering if they need to start lowering their expectations for him now. Because in the fourth quarter, he was 5 of 11, 58 yards, two interceptions. He had two interceptions in his final five pass attempts. And when you're playing from behind, trying to orchestrate a game-winning drive, which was one of the bigger questions we still had, like about Brock, like can he do this? Uh, you know, that was the result that we got. And it's a very small sample size right now, but it's a second game in a row with an interception um after having only thrown two in his previous 288 attempts. So is this Brock Purdy like rounding out into the quarterback he's going to become like is this him who who is Brock Purdy to you guys right now? Like, are your thoughts on him? Like, have they changed at all?
0: I I don't think so. I, I really thought that he had a great three quarters. Um, I thought that he played really efficiently. It was the Brock that we know. The problem, and I don't put all this on Brock. Yeah, he had a bad fourth quarter. There's no doubt about that. You went one dimensional again. And when the play calling gets one-dimensional, defenses know exactly what's coming. They don't have to respect the run, which the forty ers are supposed to be good at. But you look at the Browns game that we lost. When the game was one possession in the fourth quarter, three run plays, 13 pass plays. Didn't turn out well. You look at the Vikings game when it was within one possession, three run plays, 13 pass plays. So when the secondary, and everybody knows, Kyle Shanahan's in pass-happy mode, Everybody drop into your coverages, whatever else. So you're making it as difficult as possible on your quarterback and the biggest, highest pressure. Oh, look at that. We even got the tweet up. What's up? Steph, Steph, Steph cook it over here. Um, that's problematic when Kyle gets flustered in the fourth and one possession games, whether he's up or down, pass happy, pass, happy, pass, happy. And I know somebody's sitting there saying, Yeah, but the run game wasn't working. Well, they're going low to the box whenever you're in obvious run formation downs. Why don't you put Jordan Mason in there, who got zero offensive snaps despite being the physical running presence that we need inside. Not saying take CMC out. You can keep him out there, you know, especially with Debo out. It, Chris McCaffrey played every play of the game. I don't know. You, you cannot get one-dimensional every single time. The tendencies are out there. And if I'm playing the 49ers and it's one possession in the fourth quarter, I'm telling everybody they ain't running the damn ball. Drop it to your zones. Let's run Robert Buzz. Let's get everybody into those interior passing lanes. And that's what's working. Uh, back-to-back weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, not to push back on that, but, I mean, even, even with Brock's mistakes, you know, I just felt like he made the wrong read. Like, he didn't have to throw the ball down the field. He had underneath. There was always a check down. Christian McCaffrey was his check down on the last interception, he chose to go down the field, overthrows the ball to Ray Ray, and it's an interception, right? Like, but, but, but why? 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 Why, when Brock has been pretty much on the money, I get it's a kind of a one read type of an offense, but isn't it like a one and a half read? First read, nah, check down, yeah. Like, the easier throw, like, I just feel like Brock, or I don't know if he was doing what he was told to do. Which is a problem, because that's always been my problem from our head coach. Like, let these players play football, let them be instinctive, let them be who they are. Every time I feel like Brock is or anybody or any quarterback we've had, and I said this even about Jimmy Garoppolo, I felt like when he was told exactly what to do, that's when he made the mistakes. And I'm not putting the mistakes on Kyle Shanahan, but listen, when you look at that play calling and we don't run the ball, I mean, did John, you you watched the All-22? Steph, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I'm sitting here watching the All-22. I said, oh, shit, we got two running backs on the field not named Juice. Guess who the two running backs were?
0: Yeah, Elijah Mitchell and CMC.
2: What the f- like, I and, and I want to see that, but a Eli- that was when Elijah Mitchell was producing last year. Elijah Mitchell yeah. ain't did shit this year. So Back-to-back I'm back to games, figure, negative yards. I'm trying to figure out kyle shanahan why not why not put jordan mason in those two running back sets even if you didn't trust him in pass protection defense has to respect it they have to respect a big mother coming through the hole (laughs) which gets you six yards a pop Mm -hmm. then i bet you they wouldn't have been playing buzz coverage i bet you they wouldn't have been playing in those tight zones they they knew what we were doing we were too damn predictable that's not Brock's fault. That's Kyle's fault. But at the end of the day, Brock still made the mistakes. But I wonder if it was because he was told what to do. I'm not giving him any slack. Brock, you can't throw those interceptions. Christian McCaffrey, you can't fumble either. Like at the end of the day, we made too many mistakes. We beat ourselves again. Again. I don't you care turn, what. Yeah. Yeah. You, yes. And you lost the turnover battle. Like at the end of the day, yeah. we beat ourselves not taking credit away from Minnesota, but they ain't did shit all year. My point is we gave them that literally here, take the ball two opportunities to score and failed on both of them. And for the first time, we cannot
0: blame the kicker. Thank God. I'm Ah. just playing. 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 (laughs) He did miss a 40 yard field goal,
2: but who cares? They they missed two.
0: You can't lose. You can't give up three turnovers on the road and a missed field goal that you just talked about. Like, If you look at the history of the NFL (laughs) and you say, okay, the visiting team, three turnovers and a missed field goal, what's their likelihood they're going to win the game? It's got to be like 10% or lower. And I know the Niners are the better team, but you cannot do those things. You just can't do those. Now, the one thing that is incredible about this team, CMC and Brock Purdy both got up there and said, 100% my my fault. I messed up. Oh, yeah. This is on me. And so the accountability is there with the leadership and the culture of the team. It was there last week, too, though. Yes, it was. How do you respond? We didn't respond right. Now you get to go home. You go home. Time to freaking respond right. Sorry, Steph. I didn't mean to. Perfect opportunity. Perfect. No. Perfect opportunity.
1: I, I, I love that, and it, it helps me segue into the next point. And Kyle Shanahan, definitely not off the hook here, all right? Because since 2017, he's 0-29, went down more than five points in the fourth quarter. That's not a Brock Purdy stat. That's not a Jimmy Garoppolo stat. That is a Kyle Shanahan stat for as long as he's been the head coach of the 49ers. And I understand. He hasn't had, like, a world beater at quarterback. That's also kind of been his choice too. So, um, and, and I do also want to talk about mental toughness because this is something that Fred Warner did talk about after the game. And he questions like, you know, can this team have the mental toughness to win these tough games so far? We haven't seen it. So I just want to play the clip, uh, really quickly here. I think the thing right now with us is we got to find ways to win the, the grimy games, the ones that it's not looking great, you know, and, find a way you know obviously we can win 30 to to ten but what what are we who are we and what are we gonna do when when we're down and we got to come back and win a game we've shown obviously what we're capable of like our best version of ourselves um but at the end of the day i i want us to be i want i, I want our mental toughness to to go up I want to win in any form or fashion like I don't care if it's if it does let me just I, keep it at that
2: but I, I, I tell you what I will never question his mental toughness.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I watched him get stung up, come out, crawl to the sideline, and be ready to go right back in the game. I would never question Fred Warner's mental toughness, but everybody's not Fred Warner. No. And that's the issue. Like that that mentality. Um, Because when you're winning – it's easy to be the bully like it's easy to have that mentality when you're winning but when you're faced with adversity some guys on that sideline might be hanging their head low some guys might be doing this some guys and so that's why i said after this game on on, on my overreaction show i'm gonna need the captains to step up because this is why you're a captain and fred is not the only captain the f- last time i checked we got seven six got a lot of them so the captains mm-hmm. this is their job this is their job To have a players meeting and say hey we got to get better mentally because we're not going to be leading by 30 points every game hey the offense isn't going to spot us 35 points defense let's go get 35 points you know what i'm saying and the offense too the offensive captain's got to be held accountable as well and christian mccaffrey he's not even a captain right yet he's taking the, the 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 role and the accountability saying my fumble is the reason why we lost that's a captain. Yeah. That's a captain. And Brock Purdy, def, I, I, I'm glad he was deemed captain. This is not a, a shot at Brock. But Brock, you got to get your offense together, man, and say, hey, you know what? My fault. I laid the goose set. I did what I did. I messed up. I guarantee you I'm going to lead y'all to a victory. Get those players back on your side, man, because that we don't. We don't need that type of division in the locker room, to where his wideouts don't want to play, his running backs are acting different. Like we just, we need everybody back together. I'm hoping returning home from a two week long road trip, two losses. That's what we. That's what it's going to take to get that mentality back.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, and you know, just I, I want to stick with this idea. And I saw Paul. Shout out to Paul. Hope like we're five and two. We're in first place. We're in first place of our division. We control our destiny for the number one seed completely. We're the second ranked offense from points scored in the NFL. We're the third ranked defense points scored. So like things are good. Now you back to back losses, a little bit different territory. We did do the same thing last year in week six and seven, which is kind, kind of weird, but now you're going to play a really good Cincinnati Bengals team. We're favored five and a half points. I have no idea how the hell that came across with them. Eight plus eight days rest um but we're playing another around 500 team how do you respond that's what i want to see respond and it, the opportunity is it's right around the corner thank god i'm glad you brought that up because i'm thinking the niners need to get
2: back into scrap mode go back to feeling like they're not the best the
1: underdog the, yeah. uh,
2: be the underdog uh because that's where teams are coming in Or we're going to them doing they have nothing to lose. They sit, they've IR their star players. Yeah. They, They 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 have nothing to lose. So if they win, they win. Hey, it's a spark. If they lose, oh well. The Niners though, they need to get back into the scrappy mode. And and I think I think I'm I think that's where i think our captains need to come in and, ha- and and say that to the players listen and that's what fred warner was kind of like talking about look like our mentality is different like we, we need to get back into the mode where you know we gonna fight for every inch fight for every point fight for every yard like they got to get back into the fight mode and maybe going five and oh we, we haven't really experienced that since 2019, but it was a different team. They were different players. It was different mentality. It was a different mantra. It was just different. Coordinators, co- everything was different. It's a different generation, different kids, different. It's just different. They got to figure out. You know how to be different, but like I said, if they get into scrap mode, Steph and John, this week and they come out with the win, oh man, I can't wait to see what the reflections are going to be like looking into that mirror during that bye week because I think they'll understand. All right, we just got to stay in this mode, whether yep. we whether we win every game or we just got to stay in scrap mode.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you've had teams, opposing teams who have losing records going into the games against the 49ers come in with. I guess like a different swagger, you know, they're coming in with the boom box entrance, disrespecting the 49ers, but also hyping themselves up in the process, right? Like it's just a way of, you know, trying to up the ante for themselves. And they see the 49ers as a challenge, you know, and and a test for themselves. And you know, what did the 49ers see this game as? Oh, like we we got to get right. And I don't know what they what they thought about the Browns game, but the Vikings game should have been like, You know, this is a get-right game for us. We didn't see it. Okay, can we see it against the Bengals on Sunday, right? Like, that's the question. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Wayne. I think they have to get back to that mentality of underdog because you have now been humbled two weeks in a row. It hasn't been pretty. And you have to respond. Like, at some point, you're going to have to respond. And it's not just – it does fall on the players to have the energy on the field. But I think, like, coaches have – Some responsibility in that, too, as we've been talking about, both on offense and defense. They have have to have their guys ready because if the guys aren't ready and you don't have the right game plan, then it's going to fall apart. And that energy that you had going into the game, that's going to, you know, that's going to (laughs) diminish pretty quickly. Right. So both of those things have to be on point. Now, what I want to talk about now is, and let me just get to this super chat really quick. Uh, Shout out, uh, Corey says, damn right, Wayne, back to the playground on him. Yeah, let's get back to bully ball. You know, let's get back to bully ball. Hopefully, like another week for, you know, Christian McCaffrey, who has been kind of like inefficient, like these last two games, because opposing defenses have really focused on stopping the defense. Also, Trent not being out there and not being 100% um, in the game against the Browns has certainly factored into that, but you know, they, they have to respond. They have to do something. They have to adjust to it. So yeah, they have to find answers. But before we get into the the Bengals game really quickly, I I've seen a lot of people in the overreaction of this, the outcome of the game saying we need to trade for this player. we, come on, like the pass rush looks terrible. We need to get this guy. And then if someone's like, Oh, like the, the offensive line, we can't run, you know, for anything. Like we got to get an offensive lineman, uh, all these things, you know, we got to get a corner cause they're these corners getting thrown on too much, all these things. I feel like these last two games and I've used the word exposed. I, I don't like that word so much, but again, for lack of a better word, um, I think these last two losses has exposed some holes on this team that maybe we hadn't seen before. And so now it's like, okay, well, the trade deadline is approaching, you know, John is probably working the phones, but realistically, you're probably only going to trade for one player if you do make one more trade. So you're seeing all these holes, you're seeing all these things. And if you're John Lynch, like, what are you feeling is the bigger need for this team?
0: Defensive end, and you just kind of hurt your best chances to get a player from a team by letting them beat you and get back into the playoff hunt with the Vikings. So your number one trading partner this game killed you. Last year, the 49ers seized the day. You beat the tar out of the Panthers. They fire their coach right afterwards. They trade you their best player right afterwards. Like you you took advantage on a compounded situation. You kind of missed that this year. I mean, unless that
2: wasn't who you your trade target was i mean look i'm with john and i will die on a hill by myself with john saying that we need a speed rusher on the opposite side of nick bosa look i we just need a speed we need a a, a speed freaking rusher that can get home with 2.7 seconds i mean give me some speed Uh, Maybe that's maybe that it speeds that up a little bit and and forces inaccurate passing. I don't know. The guys that we have, they're rotational at best as of right now. And right now is not the time on the Super Bowl quest for them to be developing. And so we didn't know what we were going to get in Cleveland Farrell. We just felt like he was going to come, plug, and hopefully replace the production from Samson Ebukam or Charles Aminihew, and clearly he isn't. Is his motor great? For sure. Is he getting home? Hell nah right so like that's the difference right right now i was crying last season over four and a half sacks like i'm like that ain't enough i wish we had those four and a half sacks from charles amenehu and four sacks from uh samson ebukam at this point obviously they they fit the miko style defense or whatever um but look i i just feel like if we can get a pass rusher daniel hunter would have been cool but there's some other guys I don't know what the commanders are doing. They got two. If we can somehow get a Montez, so I'll take sweat over Young any day because all I want is speed on the opposite end of Nick Bosa, and then whatever happens, if we can't get to the quarterback adding an element like that,
0: then I yeah. don't know. <laughs> don't and know. I think <laughs> this week was going to be huge because with yeah. seven teams making the playoffs in each you know conference, that every team thinks they have a chance. And right now there's really only, you know, you've got the Carolina Panthers, the Cardinals, who's never going to trade with us. You could throw in the Denver Broncos, maybe Tennessee Titans. That's about it as far as teams that are officially, quote unquote, out of the playoff hunt. And so you need some of those three and, you know, four teams to lose this week to open up some more trading partners, especially outside of your division. But. I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a very select market. NFL needs to push back the trade deadline. It's like one of the simplest things that they could do to make the season better for everybody. But right now, there's not that many teams that are involved. And sadly, we've let two of the teams get back into playoff races by playing us. I read the
2: reason why the NFL doesn't want to do that is to keep the competitiveness going. So it, it, it might not make sense. But it kind of does if you think about it, because on these teams, they want—they don't want teams to fold. They don't want teams. It's almost like, all right, you guys play fantasy football, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, when your team is out, you see all these crazy fucking trades ready to go down. They're yeah. giving up star. And I think the NFL is like, nah, we, nah, L- like let's keep the deadline where it is so that teams have to make a decision, like a tough, tough decision. And I think that I don't agree with it, but I think that's why it is the way it is. It sucks, especially for teams that are really trying to get that extra push to uh, you know, for the Super Bowl uh contender. Every other sport is cool. NBA, Major League Baseball is probably the best because the shit ain't until like after the All Star Break. Like it's it's way after the All Star break on top of that. Like my point is the NFL, they're just trying to figure out how to keep teams to be honest and competitive and if teams want to f- can fold, let them fold. Like, that's how I look at it. It's the owners, but from a business perspective, Goodell ain't having it.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. I I think like obviously the pass rush, there needs to be an answer there. I still feel like that's the biggest need, but at the same time, I'm also like. Well, if they can't get it going with the guys that they have already, who Correct. feature a bunch of star players already, and you just traded for Gregory, and he's like not even getting that many snaps, as many as he should be getting, then what is adding another person going to do? You have to be sure that if you're going to be giving up draft capital, and let's just say you know first round, second, whatever you give up, if you're going to be giving that up, you have to be 100% sure, or at least you know, ideally like 70% and above, right? Like that this guy is going to be able to make an impact and make a difference on the team. And I don't know, based on what we've seen so far out of the defensive line, out of like the defense, what's going on with them right now, that we can say that for sure. That's my worry. And and I
2: agree with that, you know, but I didn't I don't think we mentioned any subpar names and every, the two names we mentioned that's are true. better than anybody else other than Nick Bosa and they are actually having better seasons than Nick Bosa currently so yeah. it would be an upgrade and so I I I think that's how I think if I'm not mistaken that's kind of like what John Lynch is looking like we did we need a running back last year I don't think we needed one I felt like we had a room that's of true. running backs but he CMC was clearly and upgrade because I thought he was gonna be the king of motherfreaking checkdowns. And you got him and you gotta utilize him. I don't care if he got a broken, bruised rib, oblique, whatever. He's wide open and he's still playing in the game. And that has to be the pass if the first. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. <laughs> That's why we get, we traded for Christian McCaffrey because of his weaponry. He can be utilized in so many ways. I feel like if you get a speed rusher, uh, on this this unit, we don't technically have that. We're trying to develop one, and I think that could be an issue. That could be the issue.
1: Yeah. I think so too. Let me get some super chats here. Uh, Daryl said, sure Breezy has a Rick James cover band. I, sure I could I do. see it. I could I Rick see James. it. James. <laughs> uh, Talking head says, I-, I feel like we need one more receiver. Too much money invested in D line already. If you can't win with what we have, that's a bigger issue. And no offense to Brock Purdy. No offense to Brock Purdy, but we should have made efforts for Lamar. Ooh. Um, that's spicy. That is spicy. lots lot to unpack on this one. But I, you know, I think the receiver thing is interesting. I don't know if I agree that we need another receiver. Like they have Brennan Ayuk, they have Debo Samuel. And I do like, you know, who they have after that, right? I would like to see a little bit more of Ronnie Bell. I just haven't seen enough of him in these past two Zero
0: weeks. Zero snaps. But that it.
1: being that being said, with Debo Samuel being out right now, and you know, you also can run into the issue of Christian McCaffrey, you know, missing a game or, you know, missing some time. Thanks, uh, hopefully not, but you know, that you always run that risk. And it would be nice if they had someone who could, who they can depend on. We're talking about Elijah Mitchell being the backup and ugh, I don't know if I uh, if I would feel so great if Christian McCaffrey were out and you'd have to depend on Christian McC- I mean, uh, Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason, I do like, but you know, there are some other issues when he doesn't have the ball that I think like have hindered his trust with Kyle Shanahan, maybe. But all that to say, uh, Cordell Patterson, to me, would be a nice option because he would be cheap. He could fill in because he's more of like a hybrid wide receiver running back role with the Falcons, and they used him a ton as that, and he was very successful before they got Bijan doing that. I think that would be perfect because, like, if Debo or McCaffrey gets hurt, he can fill in right there, and he's a very dynamic, versatile player uh, that they can use—just another Swiss Army knife for them.
0: Yeah, and I, I think too, you, you look at the Falcons; they're in first place. Bijan's hurt. Yeah, why? Why? You know, I love C- Cordell Patterson. That's that's a name Kyle Shanahan's mentioned several times in free agency. I, I, I just I, I don't know if that's going to come across. But yeah, my thing is with the, he's
1: not hurt. Bijan isn't hurt though. He just he, he had an illness. He he had a <laughs> headache. At least that's what they told my fantasy team. Is that not true?
0: That's
2: what they told mine too. But they didn't oh, tell me man. in time. But, but they they told me before
0: I put his ass in the lineup. Right. Yep. Yeah. Point yeah. Four that's, points. That's
1: another topic right Smack there. Smack
0: the we'll, crap out of our Rooney. Go ahead, John. It's it's rough. But on top of that, you know, it was weird that they moved Jawan Jennings into the Debo role. He got the start. He got all the snaps. And, you know, one of those biggest interceptions of the game, it was a timing anticipation throw. Not, I mean, it's, it's on Brock Purdy, but it's also on Jennings. The route wasn't to what usually is run there with the extra hesitation move. And so, I don't know. It's interesting. I would have loved to have Ronnie Bell out there, but he is just an IU backup. And, like, we've got to understand, Ronnie Bell backs up IU. Ray-Ray McLeod backs up Debo. Debo. Jennings can play multiple, the slot role and the number two Debo role, or, you know, the Z role. Kyle slots his guys. He doesn't even have a swing tackle. Jalen Moore's the left tackle. We we got a Matt Breyer's backup. Like, Shanahan is, look, this is your job. We're not going to move people around, and... Whether that's a positive or a negative, I'll leave that up for debate. And I keep seeing people talk about fire Kyle Shanahan. Y'all are out your damn minds. That dude is not going anywhere, and I don't want him to. Um, Are we the best offense right now? No, but we're the second best offense. And so it's all right. You got to look at everything collective. Kyle Shanahan's not going anywhere. Is he perfect without blame? No. But let's cut out that fire Shanahan crap. We ain't those people. We're the faithful. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and Gammon says, I enjoy wallowing in defeat, eating haagen dust. <laughs> I respect that because I, I do the like same. Haagen-Dazs? And uh, Depster talking about, you know, these people. Wayne, help me out with the bleep in here. Help me okay. out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hello, guys. Also, people just to <laughs> – The people wanting to fire Kyle and cut players is ridiculous. Players right. got to do their damn jobs. You know, I, I agree with cool. this, damn Depster. Cool. Um, and just because there's a lot of blue-collar – players a lot of foundational players who have been with this team for a very long time now we talked about the captains earlier right and you know as a captain you do also have a job to do right you you got to be like the players coach in a way on the field right uh when the coaches aren't there on the field with you um in the trenches so yeah, I I do agree to an extent. There, I'm not ready to ki- fire Kyle. Like that is ridiculous. Uh, I I don't think I'll ever be ready to fire Kyle. But yeah, I mean I I do agree. Players do have some responsibility to themselves. Like you know. So good comment.
2: I would just say this: I don't want to fire anybody. I don't want to cut anybody. What I want to be able to do is freely express myself. If they play like shit, I'm not bleeping that out. Or if they coach like shit. I'm sorry, Steph. If you get a flag, send it to me. I'll take it. But that's (laughs) what I'm doing. That's what Wayne Breezy will do to the day that he dies until I get the reaction out of myself, and then I go back, and then I regroup, and then I figure out what possibly can we do to be better. And I think some coaches will curse their players out. Some coaches let their – uh, players figure it out like everybody's different and i get it i just feel like you know whenever i make a statement or, or or whatever it's not that i'm i'm trying to bash and this is not to depster i'm just talking to the to the universe yeah. um i'm not trying to bash a player or bash a coach or whatever but man i see it a way this my perspective is the way i just saw it and it's the way i feel about it and I feel, I feel like we all as fans should be able to freely express how we feel. That doesn't make us not faithful. I will say that faith is measured through tests, through trials, through tribulations. If we're going to get biblical, it's measured. Yeah, we're asked to have that little small mustard seed side, you know, faith. But everybody got a different walk in life. So everybody's faith is is altered or shifted a little bit differently. But for those that do have that type of faith, please continue to to model it to show it so that way we so those that struggle can learn. But We just I'm just an overreactor. I just see it the way it is. I call it like it is. And I apologize if I offend anybody out there. I do want to send out and I love you to my brother, Thomas. Um, I see you out there in the chat. I just want to let you know I love you. I don't care if we don't agree in life. You are the man and I appreciate everything that you do for the 49ers community.
1: I love it. Wayne, you just took us to church, man. I'm feeling ah, it. Wait, a minute. Um,
2: to, wait, don't make me play the music. cause I. Oh,
1: play the music, man. Play the music. <laughs> Come on. get it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, they're not ready for it. They're not ready. Oh, my God. They're not why, ready. Wayne, why do you have that on tap? Like, why? Explain because
2: man, there's times where you just you know you just want to give some praise, you know.
0: That's his ringtone. Let's be honest. That's his (laughs) ringtone. Every time you get a text that go off.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay, switching gears here because we've talked about all the bad stuff from Monday night's game. We move, all right. That's the title that or that's what I have on the thumbnail of this video. We move because the 49ers have to move on. the Bengals are coming off a bye just as the Browns were in week five before facing the 49ers. But this time they got to come to us. They got to come to Levi's stadium. And we can expect that we won't be seeing, uh, hopefully a missed field goal from Jake Moody. And hopefully we see a little more energy from the defense, right? You know, the home crowd is going to be rowdy. We're going to be cheering them on for sure. And hopefully – also, you know, Christian McCaffrey gets uh seventeenth, his seventeenth straight game with a touchdown, right? I mean, hey, it has it to happen has, every
2: game. I it has to happen. I, I don't care if you're playing with a broken foot, toss him into the end zone. <laughs> I just oh, love no. him. Awesome. I just do.
1: <laughs> they they'll just carry they'll just, just ca- carry you get him what I'm just saying? over the pile. They'll create yeah.
2: a whole different tush push. It'll be a carry carry or something like that. Like just get him into the end zone by any means necessary. I like
1: that. I like that. Well, what are you guys' thoughts on this game? You know, Joe Burrow had a slow start to the season, largely, though, because he was dealing with that calf injury. Now, coming off that bye, he's going to be extra rested. They're going to have, I'm sure, a good game plan for the 49ers. So how are you feeling about this one?
0: It's weird because them getting the full bye week, that's huge. Um, And so that's what they needed to get healthy, to get everything set up. And so they're in last place of their division. They're in dead last, oh, and so if they if they want to make the adjustments, this game is huge for them. I understand it's a non-conference game, um, and I don't think that this will determine the kind of playoff fates for either franchise, but this game is huge for both teams, and both teams, you lose this, it's it's alarm time for either or. So it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be one of the best games of the week. I'm glad Joe Burrow's healthy. I want to see what we got. I I I want to see what we got. I mean, I don't want to be I'm tired of playing banged up teams and still losing to banged up teams.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I want to beat teams at their best. Another
2: scrappy team. Yep. Mm-hmm. With with really good talent though. You know what I mean yeah. like with really good talent. They will have their number 1 wide receiver. I'm not sure about T Higgins. He's been it's been a weird season for him. But then they got good old faithful and Tyler Boyd um this is a game for the pass rush. Look, I know we talked about our DBs, and they got to be better, but I need the pass rush to be the number one force out there on the defense. Because it just takes away so much because now you got your linebackers blitzing. That's gas from them. And then you're trying to manufacture these blitzes. Like, this, the safety blitz has been terrible this year. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but Hufunga can barely get home. He, like, he, it's just bad. Um, and, and the only blitzes that pretty much were successful, I think we had one from the nickel um, and, then, and then one from, from maybe just one period from the linebacker. I'm not sure. Like, Fred Warner. Like... We got to get to Joe, Burrow. I said all that to say you got to figure out how to rough him up, how to make him uncomfortable, and don't give him that much time. I, I always say make the quarterback be one dimensional, take away the run game, because Joe Mixon is Christian-esque. Like he hasn't been nices. This- oh. No, 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 no. He's a pass catcher <laughs> nice. and he's a good rusher. Hold on, let's let's, let's yeah, right, let's. clarify. So, well, well, I'm just saying he's-esque. Give me the chance. He's look. If I tell you what I bet you'll he be like Christian McCaffrey in this game if the defense don't get their shit together I'm tired. I watch Alexander Madison get a 19-yard run that dude ain't had a 19-yard run since Dalvin Cook been on this team I'm just saying we can't allow their weapons to ignite to x-factor if you play Madden We can't allow them to light up and Joe Mixon can be that he hasn't been this year but for some reason when the not when they play when teams play the Niners, these players come out of the grave and all of a sudden they they spark up. So just yeah. x him out of the game plan. Mm-hmm. Find a way to make sure he doesn't go off. And I'm gonna say this. Oh, I know it's gonna get clipped up, and I know it's gonna get put out there, and I'm gonna get the clown emojis and every and all that stuff. But um, maybe maybe we just go get the Jamar Chase killer and Ambry Thomas. And <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean. He, Is he, he took,
1: the, the Jamar he took, Chase killer? He
2: took him out the first time they played him. And this was the game, Ambry Thomas, believe it or not, was ignited. Like, this was the game. It was T Higgins that went off, that was, but that wasn't on Ambry.
1: 2021. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That just, overtime
0: game. Just saying. Yeah.
1: Good game.
2: Whatever. Put it out. I don't give a fuck. But at the end of the day, maybe <laughs> this will be that game. Maybe. There we go. Um, <laughs> Train wreck, you have me. Go back and watch the game. It was it was Ambry that took out Jamar Chase.
0: Not
1: Michigan
2: out,
0: love man. runs deep, man. And
2: yeah, I ain't mad
1: at you. I Listen, ain't mad at you. Speaking ever. of faithful, Michigan faithful right there. Want,
2: I don't I don't want to see him ever, but I do know he's bad. But I do know he's good against Jamar Chase. There and we go. I will say that.
0: Lowest right. rated special teams player two weeks in a row, man.
2: I didn't ask him to play special teams. I asked him to defend. <laughs> I what so you could give me all love of the stats and the facts. <laughs> but if I go back, pull up the stats and the facts from 2021. This was the game. It was T. Higgins that game. That was yeah, Columbus.
1: Look, I'm I'm just gonna mention a couple of stats here before we head out, just to you know marinate for you guys. Joe Burrow is getting the ball out the third quickest in the NFL. Are you this season. kidding me? Two point two point four six seconds. And it's because his offensive line has been kind of bad. I think he's been getting sacked like one of the most. Um, he's been sacked 14 times this season. So, you know. I know can, you got to
2: go. I, I know. I got to ask the question, though. Do uh, yeah. you have how accurate he is, though?
1: Um, I have his matter? completion percentage.
2: Is it bad?
1: His completion percentage. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm sorry to put you on 63. the sixty-three point four. That's that's all right. so
1: it's not it's not it's terrible. Not, it's not terrible. Um, look, and part of the reason also that he they were probably trying to get the ball out quickly, and he's been sacked so many times was because of his calf. Like he couldn't really escape the pocket even if he wanted to Good point. a whole lot. So. Again, like I said, that's gonna be a factor in this game because he's now rested. He's he's ready to put that calf injury behind him, I think. And you know, we'll we'll just see uh what happens. But a couple of other things that I saw four touchdowns given up to tight ends so far this season. Remember, they've played uh six six wait, yes, they've played six games uh this season, not the seven that wait, what week are we in? I'm like week we're, eight,
0: we're,
2: eight week Wow
1: wow it's flying okay yeah so they've played six games this season they've given up four uh, touchdowns to tight ends so almost one in every game and as far as the running backs go you know they've been given up they've also given up four touchdowns to running backs none through the air if you care about that seven touchdowns and eight interceptions to opposing quarterbacks so this could be another game where I hope not, but I don't know. Maybe Brock Purdy towards another interception. I hope not because he he'd been doing well with uh, the interceptions so far. But yeah, I'm gonna take this last uh, comment here from Gammon. There's a high schooler kid who watches all your guys' this show. He she wants to do what you do. What advice do you have for them? Whoo, that's a loaded one. Unfortunately, yeah. I do got to get to a meeting, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this really quick. Start. Like the first, yep. the first advice is, is start and, and figure it out like uh, along the way, you know, get the basic equipment. You know, Google is a great resource. YouTube is a great resource for, you know, advice on building a YouTube channel. There's so much great content out there for being a content creator. And so lean on those resources and, you know, you'll find your way, you'll find your niche. I think finding the niche is really important too, but always being yourself. Um, And, you know, just be entertaining. Look at what other people are doing and, you know, get some things that you like about what they do and and try to emulate that a little bit. Um, That would be my advice.
0: I like that comment. That was awesome. Great job, Steph.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. Well, I do have to run, uh, but hopefully we are talking about a 49ers win next week. All right. But as always on a Wednesday, you can find us here every morning. So make sure you know how to start your hump days with us and like this video. If you have not yet subscribed to the channel, if you have not yet, not just my channel, but all three of our channels. All right. And make sure uh, that you catch John at these, uh, These events, the road trips, you know, not a road game this week, but anytime there's a road game, he's going to be out there having a good time. And Wayne, uh, we had a comment that I wanted to get to someone. uh, Paul said, congrats on Bleacher Report. And, you know, just want to give you the the shout out here as well. Uh, Wayne's on Bleacher Report, you know, talking basketball, talking a bunch of things. So make sure you guys follow him. uh, So, you know, when he goes live there, Uh, but Have a good rest of your Wednesday, folks. Have a good rest of your week. We can only go up from here. Peace.